Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. We talk a lot about representation on Jew in the City, and we also talk a lot about anti-Semitism. And as we are seeing increased anti-Semitism in the world, we certainly look to how the Jewish community is represented in news media, how we're represented in fictionalized media, um, and sort of where the hate is coming from in terms of different groups. We also like to talk about the broad experience of the Jewish experience. Uh, being Jewish is not only a religion. Being Jewish is not necessarily a race. Uh, we're more of a tribe. Uh, we're more of a family. Um, you could call us an ethno-religion. Um, but in terms of how to describe what the Jewish people are, um, it's complicated. Um, and one of the things that has unfortunately gotten more complicated in recent times that I think is so important to keep talking about more and more um, are Black-Jewish relations. Um, sometimes people look at Black-Jewish as two separate things, but there's a whole world where Black and Jewish are actually uh, united in one person's identity, into family identities. Obviously, there are Ethiopian Jews um, who have carried a Black-Jewish identity for thousands of years, and there's also Black-Jewish people um, who are both born Jewish, who have converted to Judaism, um, and there is a very eloquent author and speaker who has become a bit viral on uh, YouTube um, with some recent interviews. And we were just so fascinated to speak to her ourselves. Her um, name is Sarah Braun. She is a Black Hasidic Jewish woman. Um, and she has a fascinating story that we're so excited to share with you today. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, so if you could just kind of like uh, jump right in, you know, I think um, people unfortunately kind of make a mistake about what Jewish looks like or, you know, kind of where Jews come from. And this can unfortunately be something hurtful to people who have been Jewish their whole lives, who have been raised Jewish, um, you know, that they may not look what at what people expect Jewish to look like. And I think it's so important to keep kind of broadening people's perspective on kind of what uh, Jewish and Hasidic can look like. Um, so if you could start us off with uh, where did you grow up? How did you grow up? What is your Jewish background? Um, well, so I, first of all, I, my father's not Jewish and I, my mother is, and I did not grow up um, raised with the Jewish relig religion per se. I always knew that we were Jewish, but that was pretty much about it. Um, I grew up in um, a small village in the Netherlands, in Europe. And I grew up more with the Dutch culture, the, the, the farmer's Dutch culture, where, you know, you wear wooden shoes, you learn everything about nature, about flowers, about animals. Still today, I just know, so I, I, I can run a whole, you know, vegetable garden, no problem. These are the things about birds, about butterflies, which bird is what, which trees, what they eat, what they don't eat. Um, that's that's how I grew up, and to be really honest, was was a very nice upbringing. Also, <clears throat> as you can see, I am dark, and um, my mother, like myself, is also dark. Um, her, her mother was also dark, but her mother was like you know a, a Eastern European uh, Jewish woman, um, because my grandmother came out excuse me, because my grandmother came out darker, she was put up for adoption as a baby. Wow. And yeah, 
if you have any questions, just <laughs> no. I, it's interesting. Obviously, there's different shades of dark. Um, there's a story, and it's again, there's a sliding scale. But my father, when my grandmother was pregnant with him, was eating a lot of chocolate, and the friends <laughs> joked with her, "Your baby's going to come out brown." And my father was born, and he was again didn't look black, but he certainly looked browner than his siblings. Um, and really? we thought it was a very funny thing that, um, you know, oh, you ate so much chocolate and that's how, you know, he came out brown, but um, she did not put him up for adoption. And that's really, oh, um, sure. that's, that's uh, a very tragic um, and, you know, sort of racist uh, yeah, story yeah. to tell. So, so she, she was raised, was she raised by a black family or? Yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. And I too, I have three children. My oldest son really looks like a mixed child. You can tell he's half me and half like, you know. And then I have Moishi, my second child. Now he has brown hair, but he used to be very blonde, very blonde. And he was born with blue eyes, but that, then that, that changed over time. And then I have my youngest, Mayer, and he's like right in the middle of that again. He looks more like Turkish or something. Hmm. So when me and my siblings when we get kids now you kind of never know what's going to come out but yeah <laughs> i kept all my kids too i didn't put anyone up for adoption <laughs> thank god so okay so your mother came out looking darker does anyone know why that was i mean there are obviously some jews that my have grandma. darker yeah, uh, yeah did she look grandma. did she look black or african or just sort of no, like yeah. more middle eastern or no just 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 really dark okay. but her features are very like like fine, like um, like uh, I don't know the English word, but like very refined, a very small nose, like a very small face. Mm -hmm. But um, my mother has a typical Jewish nose again. Mm -hmm. So you know, features. Um, sorry, I said it's sort of sort of a mix of features. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, even she was born to an Ashkenazi family, looking darker. Again, people in my family, some of us look darker, some of us look lighter. I mean, I think it's because of our Middle Eastern origin. So she was yeah. adopted by a black family, and was she yeah. raised kind of in a black culture, or? Ooh, but I don't even know. Not in a Jewish culture, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't really know. My she she died at a very young age. She died when my mother was five years old, mm -hmm. and she was thirty-two years old. So my mother doesn't know very much. She only knows what she remembers. What she remembers is very nice. She felt like she was very loved by her mother and everything. But she did feel um, poverty within her little family of, with her mother and her younger sister. Like my grandmother did not have much and stuff like that. Um, but that, that, that didn't matter to my mother. Um, she still cries for her sometimes today because she just, the love was so intense, she always says. Um, and, but and did your grandmother no. marry a Jewish man? My grandmother, no. Okay. No. Also a black man. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so my mother's father is not Jewish, also not. Um, he was uh, a black, well, he was he was mixed, but whatever. He was not Jewish. Um, very tall and, and, and handsome and um, very intelligent. He, um, he, um, participated in a lot of um, like intelligent games, whatever, in South America, and he won them all and he was very popular because of that or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I saw him only a few times in my whole life. <laughs> so, um, yeah.
and and then your mother and who did your mother marry? Who's your father? What you said you were raised in the countryside. What what was that like in terms of any religion or um, was she did she also marry a black man? Yes, my father is uh, black and Chinese. So um, can you imagine what I am? I mean, you're kind of like the United Nations. It's really, I mean, the truth is that like there's, there's the walls that are put up. Um, obviously, you know, in Judaism, we have uh, certain laws to, to marry Jewish, to continue. Um, but yeah. you're beautiful. You're, I mean, you, your face has, I think so many different peoples mixed in and it, there's something very <laughs> tragic about the way that, um, you know, people don't mix like that. I think, you know, besides the point that we, we have to be with Jewish people to, um, I'll tell you like how my parents raised us. Uh, we were not terribly religious, um, mm -hmm. but they told us like, you can marry anyone. We don't care what they look like or what race they are. Um, it has to be someone Jewish so that our people continue on. Wow. But if it's an Ethiopian yeah. Jew or Chinese or whatever it is, they didn't care about that piece. So, um, so lucky. Yeah, no, that's so definitely, rare. I guess it's the the opposite of uh, putting your child up for birth for, for looking too, uh, you know, too dark or, or the wrong race. But um, yeah. I think, um, I think a mix of, uh, you know, different people's uh you know looks yeah no my, my 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 great grandmother she came from an era where color was like you have to imagine that she it was around the second world war everything she had she had green gray eyes herself dark hair my mother said she was a gorgeous lady i saw i i saw pictures of when she was younger i don't think she was so, so gorgeous but whatever my mother experienced her as gorgeous fine uh, but 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 I, I do remember even within the family, it was always about color. When my sister Miriam was born, my great grandmother, when she saw her for the first time, she was singing a song about a black baby, how it is as black as the, uh, how do you call it? Like when you burn wood and the the like ashes, ashes, right. She was singing a song like that while she was cradling her. Like that's the first thing she notices, the the, the colors. Hmm. And I I know my great aunts also, the color, the color, the color, the color, the color. It was always a thing. It was always a thing, unfortunately. You know, it's interesting because Jews are Middle Eastern people originally. So yes, different, you know, peoples can get mixed in through, you know, marriage mm -hmm. and that sort of a thing. But um for the Jews that look lighter. In many cases, I think it actually came to violence against Jewish women. And mm -hmm. the Jews that have lighter yeah. features may actually be wearing the DNA of their foremothers' oppressors. So, you know, it's a very it's a very mm -hmm. interesting thing, you know, and mm -hmm. that sort of storyline also um exists in the black community with, you know, slave yeah. owners and and that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's sort of sad, I guess, you know, sort of fair features. Look. I, my sisters are, are lighter than me and we would talk about I wouldn't be saved, you know, in the Holocaust and they would, they could pass, you know, as Gentile and I would not. Um, so I guess we kind of, you know, think about how the world views us, you know, through that lens of color or sort of, you know, maybe how Aryan or, or light you look. It's it's a very sad thing what um, people do because mm -hmm. under the skin is all the same stuff. It's all the same, you know, the same mm -hmm. red blood and the same beating heart. Um, and that's kind yeah. of sad. So um so that that stuff was kind of, I guess, in your mind. And then, what about uh, you know, uh, spiritual or religion? Were there was there any religion in your home or any spiritual practices? Not so much. No, my my parents were not really into religion. You have to understand, my mother was so from from the age of five. My mother was raised by her great grandmother in a very cold, 
racist, in a very cold and racist environment, not only by her great grandmother, but also by her aunts. Hmm. I, I also still remember that as a child when we would be around them, like it was always, you know, always, they had to say always something. Um, so my mother was already <laughs> from a very young age, she had something against Judaism, especially Hasidim completely. And coming to Borough Park did not make it any better because, yeah, she just saw things and and, and that 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 made her feel like so many are hypocrites and stuff like that. And I'm sure there's some hypocrites, you know, but not everybody is. But she, yeah, she doesn't she doesn't like the whole idea of observing Judaism. So, so you're raised without religion, you're raised, and I think like the irony of the story is that, you know, the first baby comes out a little bit darker and then kind of gets sent to, you know, a black family and then only increases the darkness. So it's sort of like, that is some irony <laughs> of, um, it, it's really, and then to, to have to be raised with that rejection is, is so painful. So why- Yeah, you know what's funny, by the way, my mother said when my Malishi was a toddler, like, like one day randomly she said, my my grandmother would love Moishi. She would love him just because he's so light, you know. Hmm. So in, in her, it's, it sticks with her somehow. Anyways, like you know. And if that's part of your identity, if that's part of you know what makes up who you are, that's obviously hmm. you know a, a, a rejection <laughs> of self too. You know, if that's yeah. them, that, that's very that's very tragic and sad. And uh, Moses <laughs> married a, a black woman. Sapporo was darker, so. Um, right. Yeah, we, we have these traditions from uh, a very long time ago. So why did you, when, why, how did you start on this journey? Um, and I'm glad you said you wore uh, wooden shoes in the Netherlands because I went to Amsterdam and I'm like, where are the wooden shoes? I talked no, to those no wooden shoes. Um, so no. yeah, when, why, how did you um, start this journey to not just discover your Jewish heritage, but then to become Hasidic? Yeah, yeah. So um, it is... It is, a, it, it is a journey that was followed unconsciously. It was certainly not that I woke up and felt like, you know what, I want to become Hasidic or that I saw Hasidim and then I went like, I want to be just like that. Not at all. I also, it was pretty much told to me my whole life that like Jews, like you don't have to tell anyone you're Jewish, just leave it alone. Like, you know, and the environment that I grew up in, in Holland, it's, you don't tell people you, it was obvious that it was still lingering in the air also that Jews are not liked by Western Europeans. Hmm. So I didn't mind not telling anyone. Um, no, but when I came to New York, I just grew towards that. I literally just grew towards my roots. And I know I have roots in Africa. I have roots in Asia, I have roots everywhere, but the spirit I believe is, is, is a Yiddish spirit. And I, Really, I just became more religious and more religious and more religious and more religious. And, you know, it, it, it took quite a few years before I became what I am today. It was not, it was not an, I, I have to say, though, I used to be more radical. I, I used to be really like, you know, I'm a little bit more open-minded again. But, uh, no, it was not an overnight thing. And it was an unconscious um, journey, really. Did you explore different Orthodox communities in this journey towards becoming more observant? Yeah, yeah, but not also not from, oh, let me see what they are like. Let me see what they, no, you just, you know, you go here and there. 
And in certain crowds, you just don't feel like this is this this I belong here per se. And in other crowds, you just feel more at home. And even here in 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 Holland, it's the same thing. I went to a few shields. Some shields are absolutely not for me. And there's this one shield that I feel like, oh, this is this is me. Um, so yeah, yeah. You were raised to, you know, um, sadly, you know know that your color had been rejected, know that your Jewishness mm -hmm. was not something to publicize. Um, mm -hmm. And you, you know, went and leaned into that um, even more so. Uh, what about the, your, the reception of your, you know, darker status in the Hasidic community? How has that gone? Um, in my experience in overall positive, I have heard it is, oh, it's because you're pretty. Um, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if that's true, but in overall, it's positive. And of course, here and there, you hear unpleasant things from ignorant people or the, they presume right away, like, oh, have you converted? How long have you converted? Or you go to a chasana, it's like, is this your first chasana? And then I ask, well, is this your first chasana? And then they said, oh, no, I thought this is a lot. And then they come up with this bogus um, excuse why they thought it was my first wedding. Um, so I have things like that, which really can annoy me sometimes, but in overall, really, I have been very much so accepted in overall and always um, welcomed wherever I went by men and by women, really. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, I think um, sort of the more we normalize and publicize that people like you exist in the Jewish world, in the Orthodox world, in the Hasidic world, the less it will shock people to see someone that sort of doesn't meet their expectation right. of what Jewish looks like. And, right. you know, I, I did it too. I, there was a woman that I knew in my seminary and no one had ever told me she had converted. I just saw that she looked a little bit darker and somewhere in my memory, I sort of attached conversion in there. Um, and then when I went to think about um, a person that wanted to convert who was black, I was like, let me reach out to this person. I thought I was doing this great thing. And little uh -huh. did I know that asking her this was just yet another person piling on that same annoying question that she so didn't appreciate. And um, I wrote about after it happened because um, it didn't come from a bad place, um, but people can do bad things, you know, without realizing it. So the more we talk about this, the more people can hopefully prevent someone else from feeling like they don't belong. Yeah. Now let's but I do, side. Yeah, I have to admit that um, when I see a person of color that's Jewish, I'm not assuming anything or, or off the bat ask questions, but I always wonder. <laughs> I can't help to wonder, what's your story? Right. Did you convert? Or, you know, there's this one friend that I have and she is dark also, but she grew up Jewish, but she doesn't tell me what her background is. And I know her already for three years, but she, she never really starts telling me what her story is. And I just won't ask yep. because... You know, it could be offensive. It could maybe she's adopted. I have no idea. We discuss everything except for how she is Jewish, and I just leave it all. By the way, that's another, that's another option for listeners. You don't have to ask every question that comes across your brain. That you know, um, besides right. making assumptions, you also can just stick your hand <laughs> over your mouth and let let someone share if and when they want to. So that's a good lesson. Yeah. Let's talk about now the black side. You know, the black identity. Um, because yeah. I think, you know, you probably, you seem to present more um, as a black person, more than an Asian person. Um, and I think <laughs> yes, when it comes certainly. to people sort of, I just met a Japanese Jew who said that 
when he's with his Japanese, you know, sort of community, they don't think that he's Japanese enough. So um, I think, you know, sometimes it might be for the identifiable features, uh, the community might relate to the person based on how much they look like that. So how has the black community related to your Jewishness, your Hasidic Jewishness? Yeah, kind of the same. Like, um, I happen to have a wedding tomorrow from a cousin on my father's side of the family, and I'm going. But this same cousin knows the language that they speak in South America, and I don't. And I haven't seen her in years. And then I saw her like a few months back at like another birthday party. And she's like, how don't you speak the language? I'm like, my, my mother never spoke it. Like, yes, but grandma, she always spoke to all of us. And then I'm like, well, not to me. She then she goes like, well, probably because she knows that you're not, you're not. And then she got stuck. Like you're not so like the rest of us, you know. And I was so in my face and whatever, you know, mm -hmm. because I am just as much part of that family as she is. But it was so clear that she herself, I don't know, she was speaking for the rest of the family, but she herself obviously views me as different. Um, yeah, but 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 yeah, I I. I've noticed that also since I was younger that, um, but more because I'm a child of my mother back then. Mm -mm. And my mother was also kind of a, not an outcast, but perceived as different than the rest of my father's side of the family. Mm -hmm. Not really black um, culturally or something. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I, I, I have gotten that. So funny, I, I took my mom's DNA because I was very curious about her roots. And it went all over the world. It, it was it was hysterical because I'm just curious because my mother too, she's black, but she's, you look at her and it's like, what else is, you know, you see that there's, there are other things and we went to Hungary, to Israel, to Germany, it went all over and to Africa, obviously. So um, yeah, but she didn't care. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you know, sort of on one hand, so many like sort of boxes we put ourselves in and, you know, you're this much me and you're not that much me. But again, at the end of the day, um, the Jewish community is a family, no matter what you look like or, you know, where you're from. And then even mm -hmm. beyond that, you know, human beings are human beings all made in the image yeah. of God. What about sort of the um, the increased um, sort of tension between the Black community and the Jewish community? Do you feel like you have a certain responsibility, you know, kind of living in the intersection of those two identities right. to create more right. understanding or, um, I don't know, kind of build a bridge? I have been asked this question so often, but I can never win. If for me, it's just better to shut up about it, to be honest. I can never win if I say something, but why can we not all live in peace? It's like, you don't understand and well, but they treat us like this and you always get it's never it's never the good answer whatever whatever I say um, doesn't matter really any different group of people I am such a also Israel Palestine just everything I just don't have when people just fight all the time for whatever but that's me eh whatever I just I don't know. I, I, I'm not the right person to, I'm just rooting for everybody to be okay and happy and healthy. And, and that's just my main thing. Yeah. I mean, um, no, I, I hear you on one hand that, you know, you could in theory play this role on the other hand, like, um, 
you know, it's not an easy uh, role to play. And just because, you know, you're born with multiple identities doesn't make you automatically the person that can bring peace to the world. Um, because I think, no. yeah, I think at the end of the day, everybody has to do their part. Um, maybe you can kind of um, open some minds in the different sort of roles that you have in the world that you, um, you know, kind of live in. Um, but peace can come about unless there are partners in peace. Um, and that's absolutely yeah. exactly, exactly. And sometimes I try today, even at the store, I got my groceries and the lady swiped it and done. And then she mistakenly swiped the person after me one bottle of shampoo. And he's like, Oh, that's mine. And she's like, Well, you're supposed to put a divider. She was like, really irritated about that. And then I said, Well, you know, mistakes happen. And then she's like, Yeah, but they happen too often. And then I was like, well, at least it was just one bottle, not, you know, not so much groceries. And then we all laughed it off. But I just don't understand, like, you know, why always all the, why can't you just not be happy, you know? Like right. these little things, how they tick people off. And I'm sure, that I'm, you know, there, there are bigger issues in the world that are not easily to be swept under the rug. But yeah, I am just lighten up a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I definitely hear you. Um, yeah. Did you have any perceptions of um, the Hasidic community before you began to meet Hasidic Jews in Brooklyn? You know, you are kind of giving me this picture of a farm and tulips and clogs out in, uh, you know, the Netherlands. Did you yeah. um, have any um, media that you consumed that portrayed any, you know, kind of uh, the the curls and the wigs and the beards. We see a lot of Google searches around kind of those outer trappings. Did you grow up or at any point before you mm -hmm. met Hasidic Jews have any um, impressions? No. Even my great grandmother started to talk about her heritage when I was like about nine years old. So no, before that, no, I didn't care also. I really didn't care. In my mind, I really thought we are the only Jewish family and the rest is dead. They all died during the war. Really, wow. that's what I that, I, that that's what I thought, um, because where I am from, there were no Jews. Everybody was just very Dutch and 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 um, religious, in, in Christian or Catholic, and they hated Jews. Mm -hmm. So, and we never went to Amsterdam to the bigger cities where you still have like multicultural people and different kinds of people. So, no, I I had no idea when we moved to Amsterdam when I was twelve. Um, we sometimes also went to Antwerpen, and, and you know I did see. But um, my aunt, she she always called the Stramels uh, lampshades, and then she would laugh. Oh, look at them with their lampshades. And it was never really um, introduced to me in a nice way, in a positive way, in a good way, in something like this is, this is something good. This is something that you might want to be, you know, now. So before the show started, um, we were talking about, you mentioned you like my wig and I was talking about, you know, that's a shared space in the, you know, black community and the Jewish community, the wig wearing um, yeah. and um, a black producer I met recently, I was excited to tell her that I got a lace top and she very much understood culturally, you know, as a, a wig wearing community, um, sort of along the lines of how Orthodox Jews are portrayed. So I mentioned to you that there is um, a secular Jewish community who even um, sees herself as someone fighting anti-Semitism. Um, and in an Instagram reel um, a year ago, uh, Pesach time, she mm -hmm. had a joke about um, a man pulling off uh, the wigs of Orthodox women. It was a real hate crime that was happening. And the way that she frames it is there's a Hasidic woman walking down the street with her nine kids. And she gives this disgusted look, pregnant with her 10th. 
another disgusted look, um, you know, because Jewish babies are just so yucky or something. I'm not sure even what that that's supposed to mean. Um, and then a man is pulling off the wigs of these women and she pauses and she says, and I thought, wow, I always wanted to do that. Um, you know, I can't believe he got a chance to do it. So yes, the <laughs> that's the face what? I was literally her a joke of a, a secular Jew who sees herself as fighting anti-Semitism made a joke about a hate crime against Orthodox women getting their wigs wig snatched off and wishing she could do it herself. When I shared this with this non-Jewish black producer, she was horrified. Um, and I said to her, this is, you know, part of what we're dealing with as we talk about Jewish representation. You know, Jewish representation should be more diverse in showing, you know, the ethnic and racial background of what a Jew could be so that people don't have this mistaken idea idea that we're not mm -hmm. actually Middle Eastern people um, and that we're somehow white, you know, European colonialists, even though that's not who Jews are. Um, and then there's also, unfortunately, a lot of hatred uh, baked into Jews, just like what your aunt said about the lampshades that we sort of, you know, judge each other from afar, um, mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, getting to know someone that looks different than us and uh, getting a chance to understand who they are, why they are, um, and, yeah. um, you know, and why they choose wow. to live that way. Yeah. But that really, really surprises me. And, and just audacity, like, how dare you even? I just, that just, I, I can't believe it. So I think, you know, um, the more that we humanize these experiences, I think that's really what happens. You know, the Black community has been dehumanized in so much media and throughout, you know, just thousands mm -hmm. of years. Uh, mm -hmm. The Jewish community has been dehumanized in so much media for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when we can bring real people and stories um, and that sort of whole human identity out for more people to see beyond the caricature, uh, beyond, you know, the demonization, um, yeah. then we can connect. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any kind of uh, closing messages to, um, I guess, to to either, you know, side, either, you know, people mm -hmm. that haven't met a Black Jew before, people that <laughs> are, you know, have racist ideas or, you know, anti-Semitic ideas? Well, first of all, that's exactly one of the reasons why I wrote a book, to kind of show a completely different side from a different type of Jew within the Hasidic community. Because many people, and this would be my closing message, many people obviously put us all kind of in one box not per se me because i'm different all the way to start with but the Hasidim, yeah all in one box this is what they are this is who they are this is what they do this is how they smell this is how they talk but um in general even among the eastern european Hasidim, they there is such a diversity even there like everybody has their own personalities, their own wants and needs, what they like, what they dislike. You have very nice ones, very good ones, very good people. And, you know, not, not so like any other person. We are completely normal people. We're not all bad. We're just really normal people. And I just wish that because when I speak to non-Jews, which is for me, um, I think easier than for most Hasidic women because I have noticed that they open up to me quite fast. They all have the, it's always negative, most often negative. And it's it's such a pity, such a pity. And the wigs too, like black people, if I say I paid $3,000 for my wig, it's like, what? 
Why would you pay them? I paid fifty dollars. Man, are you crazy? These Jewish people they're trying to rip you off. Blah 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 blah. Why? Why? Like always, like the negative, negative, negative. It's it's not always negative. They're really nice. Jews out there, and not all Jews are the same, and look the same. Correct. And what's the name of your book? Um, before we close, called that Black Hasidic Lady. That Black Hasidic Lady by Sarah Braun. Well, thank you for sharing your fascinating story. Um, and I think you really do have a, a mission here. Um, sort of having a collection of a lot of people in the world, a lot of different backgrounds, um, to remind us that. Um, underneath it all, uh, we're all just human. We're all made in the image of God. Uh, we wish you much continued Hatzlacha in sharing this message mm -hmm. of uh, unifying and getting past the stereotypes and the negative ideas. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was Our a pleasure. pleasure. Thank you. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.